Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey, loyal listeners. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies, doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. I had the pleasure of sitting down and having a conversation with Margot Purcell, the CEO of Inception University. So let's get right to that conversation. All right, welcome to the show. On this episode, I have with me Margot Purcell. She's got her own coaching-ish business, which we'll talk about, called Open to Possibilities. And she's also the CEO and one of the founders of Inception University. Margot, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Al. And just uh, full disclosure, she's also a boss for one of the contracts I work on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like being called a boss, but okay, we'll run with that for now. (laughs) The person who signs my paycheck. Anyway, um, thanks for being here, Margot. I wanted to dig in. You've been on a lot of podcasts lately talking about Inception U because, I mean, let's face it, it's amazing. Yeah. But aside from that, I think we should learn a little bit about who's Margot. So maybe you can sort of take us off with what kind of kid were you like and sort of how did your career path land you to where you are today? Oh, great question. So what kind of kid was I? Um, uh, I was actually a super shy kid if I was with anyone other than my family to the point that um, so while I was a total goof with my family And I don't think that there is a single picture that anyone has of any Fenton kid that uh, we aren't making some kind of face, uh, that we aren't, you know, putting ice cream cones on our nose, something like that. When I was outside of my family, I was really quite quiet to the point that my mom was concerned if I would be able to make it at school. And, uh, and so yeah, just more. I was more of a listener uh, until you could get me in a drama class or on a stage, and then I was just. I really love being on a stage. I really love presenting. Uh, I really love engaging people and hopefully inspiring them. And and that's something that's run throughout my life. And uh, and then I started. I went off to you know camp for the summer, and I would try and do things that were not involving other friends that were just me trying to to find me and have a space of my own. And it was through some of those experiences that I came out of that shyness. And then when I went off to university and I went to a university that no one else went to, like I just, I, I heard of Brock University. I thought that looks like a neat program and it's a small school. And I just took off and no other friends went there. And that's where I had a sense that I really got to step into who I was. I was able to leave behind all the history and baggage of people who'd known me from when I was little and, and then nicknames and the not so nice nicknames I'd been called and so on. And I was able to be who I wanted to be instead of who other people knew me to be. And that's where I really started exploring who I was. I went to a small school 
And I went, uh, I did all sorts of things. Like I became a Dawn in residence and that was about being a peer counselor and about creating fun and making people feel welcome and at home while they were at school and away from their homes. I worked in career services at university. I found that a lot of my non academic pursuits were actually my biggest education that I got when I was at university. I started as a theater major. I graduated with a poli-sci degree. At, and I know it sounds like an odd combination, but it was, I, I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide how do I pick one major because everything seemed interesting to me. So if there's something else about me as a kid, I was always curious and I've, I've stayed curious, I think. And, and that's reflective in, in the pathway that I took. So that's a bit about me as a child. Yeah, that's anything awesome. else would be helpful to know. Yeah, that's awesome. But after you finished university, yeah, you know, something led you to creating OpenToPossibilities.ca, which yeah. we'll link to in the show notes. Yeah. And so I want to hear. Well, I want to hear about that and kind of, and, and we should also talk about what that is. Okay. Then I would like to see how that kind of drifted in towards all your work at uh, with Saint and when you met. Greg and Jill and and ended up starting Inception U and what that whole story is behind there. That would be so fascinating. So, so I graduated from university and, and I'm from Ontario and I graduated at a time when there were very few jobs. And so it was take whatever I could get. And I had decided I wanted to get into a master's program and I, I didn't get in the first year I applied. And so I ended up working at a hair salon and that was one of my earliest mentors. And the boss for my hair salon, I'm, I'm friends with him to this day, born entrepreneur. And he saw something in me I didn't necessarily see in myself and really started fostering this, you know, that he thought that I should be out and inspiring people and motivating them and engaging them. And I'm like, how did you see that in me? And, and then from there, I ended up at a credit union. And I loved the credit unions. I loved everything about credit unions. And I was doing, a, I was a receptionist. And so it was an entry level position. I thought, oh, maybe I'll stick with this. And, and then I loved it until I didn't and moved from Ottawa to Toronto. And, and then it was there that I got in with an insurance company. And I loved insurance, Al. I loved, <laughs> I was like, for me, if you're really good with numbers, math is awesome. That's the way insurance was for me. It clicked. I could explain it to anybody. And I started finding it was kind of an early indicator too of where I might go that I was actually teaching other people that were getting hired how to pass their broker's exam. And before I even took my broker's exam, I didn't have insurance myself. And I didn't know that was a bad thing. I mean, I knew nothing about insurance. And there I was helping people pass their broker's license. And saying, ooh, how can I do more of this? And I was uh, with the insurance company. There was lots of opportunity, including a chance to move west. And I called my husband. I'm like, do you want to move to Calgary? He's like, yeah. And nine weeks later, we were out here. And I'd only ever driven through Calgary twice in my life. And uh, we decided, let's have this life adventure. Let's go. Let's live out there. And I became the trainer and educator in the Calgary office. And I really loved it. And then eventually, I just started to realize, mm, I don't. I love helping people learn and develop. I, I didn't know that I wanted to be doing it in and around insurance. And I decided, well, I'll get pregnant. That's my ticket out. And I'll figure out what I want to be when I grow up, which I don't necessarily recommend as career management strategy. <laughs> and then from there, I, I had some life events that happened that made me stop and think about where am I? And more importantly, where am I going? And one was losing my dad very, very suddenly. And I 
And I thought I need to really figure out what I'm meant to give to the world because I'd grown up with someone who had, and I didn't know what that was. So I just stayed on mat leave for quite some time, had another kid, and then did some career development for myself and discovered what I love to do is help people figure out what do I do well? How do I do it even better? And I decided for it to work for my life and my family, I wanted to do it for myself. And that meant starting a company, which is open to possibilities. And I had no idea how to run a company. I I grew up with entrepreneurs and educators. Kind of funny when we get to Inception U that uh, that was my parents. I had an entrepreneur and and an educator for a parent. And so I decided I'd start my own company. And it started a lot with one-on-one coaching. It started with helping people figure out what am I meant to do. And the more I did it, the more I realized I love to do this in a group setting. And I had someone take me under their wing and agree to coach and mentor me and started doing team effectiveness, communication effectiveness. And that's what Open to Possibilities grew into is really helping teams and organizations be places where individuals and the team can collectively thrive. And that was the work that I did and grew that over 16 years did work across many industries, uh, nonprofit, for-profit, energy sector, IT, you name it. And, and I love the variety of people. I love that it was never the same thing. Even though I was delivering a similar session, it was not going to be exactly the same because it was never the same people in the room. And that's where my theater came in. It's like I'm performing every day. I'm presenting every day. And it's, it's about something that's real and immediately useful and applicable for people. And that had great meaning for me. And that's what Open to Possibilities became. And it was all the learning from that and seeing what worked in organizations, what didn't work as well. And I started to see what makes a difference between a company being really successful and the people in it being successful and what led to less success and to people perhaps getting sick, perhaps people having real other challenges um, going to work and how can we make companies places where people not only love to go, they get great meaning out of it and great value out of it while they're generating value for others. And that's what brought Greg and Jill and I together was we each had these unique aspects of that kind of work that we were doing. And we saw what we refer to as essential skills, that this is the difference in how a company performs or not, how their employees engage or not. And we we saw that this was what was really, really needed and that we needed to be able to think differently to create the solutions that we need for, for the challenges we face. And we put it all together and came up with Inception U, which our aim was that your future fit and how do you adapt to what's going on around you? How do you create your internal conditions as a human being so that you can respond to whatever is happening external to you? How can you create the internal conditions in your team, in your company, because you can influence those that you can then respond meaningfully to what's happening outside that over which you have very little to no control. So that's really what was the formation of Inception. You built on 16 years of learning through Open to Possibilities and working with so many people and so many teams. That's a really cool story. Thanks. And I think that that's what makes Inception use so unique is Greg is a design. We've had him on the show already. Okay. Um, and Jill is using that, um, that Bilka, 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 Bilka. and Yeah, I can't say it, but it's cool. 
She's yeah. creativity yeah. embodied. That's Jill is all things creative thinking and regeneration. Yeah. yeah. And then with your background and skills and how you're, you have this growth mindset, the three of you together, just, I mean, it was a natural explosion that, that made this great concept here. So your first program was, is the full stack developer program, which yeah. is, has been going very, very well heading into the seventh cohort. Yep. And tell me, there's there's some other so there's some brand new news too. You're gonna do uh, some other stuff too besides just that. We are, uh, th- you know, because it's three really really curious people who came together to f- co-found this. Um, so we're continuously curious about what's most needed, um, and what what's needed that we might not be able to see that it's needed yet. And yet we can anticipate that it will be needed. And that if we can provide that kind of learning opportunity and that people can develop that capability, that they can provide something that a company doesn't even realize that they need. And then that once they see it, though, they say, and I want that. So can we then help Albertans and Alberta, Alberta companies and, and hopefully outside of Alberta as well, be able to position themselves to actually be the creators rather than responding to what's already happened. So the full stack developer, like you were saying, it's an intensive for people to learn how to do software development. And we made sure to incorporate all of the essential skills as part of it so that they know not only how to problem solve, they know how to problem set. So understand the problem before they even start. And and so we don't create solutions that just cause more problems. And that they know how to communicate and collaborate and how to challenge themselves and challenge others respectfully and, and, and look at the assumptions that, we, that we're operating with that we may not even realize are assumptions. And the next one that we're launching is full stack designer. So taking all that same kind of approach and in a really hands-on way. So project-based learning, learn through doing, and it's messy and it's fun and it's challenging. And we always tell people, you should be out of breath. You know, not so out of breath that you're gasping for air. And then when we're really learning, you're a little breathless and, and that's exciting. And so with Full Stack Designer, it's also about how do we design the solutions that are really going to address the challenges? How do we, and, and it, from a technology standpoint, you know, it's probably going to lead some people to UI UX kind of work, to product design work. And then we also look at, well, and can you look at the world we're in and start to see how we can design better approaches to either avoid some problems altogether to respond to some of the problems that we're facing. And so it'll be probably a lot more of, you know, the the creative thinking will be have a big, big piece to play in the full stack designer. And, and we'll see, we're having some really interesting people show up that they're interested in doing it, that they're saying, I've been looking for this and didn't know what it was called. And now they have a name that they can put to it. That's so cool. One of the things that I find really fascinating about the uh, Inception U itself is you design the curriculum. Originally, you kind of throw your best guess at it. But then as things go forward, you're kind of like on a every couple of weeks or whatever, you're redesigning and re-figuring uh, out what's needed. So every single program is completely different. And the the students that made it through cohort one or two or three wouldn't even recognize the program here and, you know, heading into six and seven. It's, it's, it's very, very uh, dynamic yeah. and exciting. And um, I, I'm really enjoying being a part of it. And I can imagine 
how much you love getting up and going to work every day with all the stuff that you're doing. But in addition, I, I know I know that you're also teaching some of the essential skills mm-hmm. at SAIT as well. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, the So what was, because we really focus on these essential skills that apply to anything, right? It, again, it's the how you do what you do. So the what is important, whatever the technical capability is that you're building and technical could be sales, technical could be HR, technical, like there's technical content we each need to learn. We happen to be working also in the field of software and how you do that is what can distinguish you from someone else who's got the exact same technical skill set that you have. And so with that, because we focus so much on the, the system thinking, the critical thinking, the communication, the creativity, SATE um, was interested as they started putting out their talent development opportunities because we have an extreme talent need. And how do we help people be able to gain these skills so that we can help Alberta thrive and grow? And they w- saw what we were doing in essential skills and said, would you collaborate with us, with other technical experts in fields that we maybe didn't have that technical expertise within Inception U, bring the essential skills into these boot camps so that it can be reaching more and more people. So that we can have more and more of that mindset in Calgary and beyond that actually can create those opportunities, those jobs, those businesses that are really going to see people thrive. Right. I really hope that flourishes too. Uh, I just, I just love the whole concept and I wish that kind of stuff was around when, when I was younger and trying to figure out who I was. Even my, uh, my wife is, was recently in sort of one of those situations where she was like, Oh, do I really, am I really doing what I want to do? And how do I figure out what it is I really want to do? And I'm like, Oh, I got to get her in touch with Marco. (laughs) And that's my favorite work, Al. I will hands down is when I get to do the career work and get to see people discover these things that are already within them and see themselves in a different way. And then be able to articulate and say, Hey, this is me doing rewarding and really fulfilling work. And if they can describe that, only then do we say, okay, now let's look at, well, what does that look like in terms of roles, companies, projects? Get to know you first and watching people have those moments that and see themselves through the eyes of others and then see, I have so much to offer instead of only seeing what I don't have is such a privilege to be able to do that work. So let's see if we can sneak your wife in. (laughs) (laughs) I I resonate so well with that because a lot of people are focused on job titles, right? Yeah. And when you, when you need to go find a job, the first thing you do is you go and you look for a similar job title rather than saying, well, uh, after all this experience that I have had, what is it that I'm really good at? And what is it that I really love to do? And we all know that jobs have a little bit of stuff that you may even hate or you don't really like to do. But the bulk of the job should be stuff that you'd love to yeah. do, that you get out of bed in the morning, you're excited to get ready and get back to work. And, and I think that's something that Margot in big glowing letters above <laughs> how you can get there, uh, which I find really great to, you know, to have been introduced to you because uh, it was Jim Gibson actually that introduced me to yeah. you. It's really an honor to be in your zone in your field of people that you you work around with and i've met so many cool people through inception you and i don't know like what's if you were to spitball and not not think about any prior conversations that you've had with 
uh, Jill and Greg and others. But if you were just to think like, where could yeah. Inception you go? You know, yes, it could go Canada wide or potentially North American wide or even worldwide. But aside from all that boring stuff, what sort of courses or whatever could you see just would be really cool that would come right into that fold? Well, and, and we're probably already working on them, which is really exciting because <laughs> our aim is that this becomes accessible to everybody. You shouldn't be able to afford to be part of the future or not. Societally, that's disastrous if that's how we do things. And so where else can this go? It's, you know, how do we help people be able to explore and understand what they have to offer the world and then find vehicles, mechanisms, companies build their own of how to actually get that out in the world? And so we've got things that are already going to be coming at somewhat shorter form offerings. So, and shorter form offerings that you can bring into your company that you can take as an individual, you'll start to see some things once we're back in person again, there's going to be the offering starting out again through our partnership with the Calgary Public Library that again, gives people this opportunity to think differently, to understand the world differently, to make sense of the world. So that because there's just so much information all coming at us all the time, how do we make sense of it? And how do we check some of the assumptions that we may actually miss out on an opportunity because we don't even realize we've got that as assumption running. So there's going to be a lot of really fun things, really different ways of learning. And our aim is that you come and you have so much fun, you didn't realize it was a learning opportunity. Like that's what we I'd love to see us get out even more and more in the world. And, and when you see our online learning coming out, which we're currently building right now with a fabulous company out of Edmonton called Onlea, our aim is that this reach does go global. So that again, it's not, you're not geographically limited to this opportunity to learn. That's so cool. And if you didn't catch what I caught in that last little uh, bit of discussion, rewind this and listen to it again. Because when I asked Margot where she could go with this company, she didn't go, Oh, we're thinking of having a machine learning angle and we're having a, you know, a, some other type of name your, your job title kind of here. She went down that creative, interesting road where she was talking about how people need to be able to access the creative thinking and the types of explorential, explorential yeah. learning. I don't, think that, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but. Yeah, it, it is that's that's what it's like being around Margot is just <laughs> hearing things from like a totally out of the box perspective. It's not hard and fast and and rigid. It's it's like, woohoo, let's have a party. <laughs> Open to possibilities, Al. That's why that's I right. my company that. That's I love that. And there's actually um I noticed on the on your site in your about section, it says something along, and I want you to elaborate on this is you said you focus on the art of possible. Wow. Thanks for capturing that. Um, <laughs> and so that comes from, that comes from, uh, I'm a rule follower with a rebellious streak. So I, I would do what I was told I was supposed to do. Um, whether that was in school, whether that was in a job, whether, and, and yet I knew something else was possible. And so I would do like seeing what else was possible, seeing, well, what if we tried this? And what if we tried that? And I'd be able to see it. I didn't exactly know how we were going to get there. And I would try it by following what I was supposed to do until I saw by doing what we're supposed to do, we are never going to achieve what's actually possible. And then that's when I go rebellious and I say, okay, I did what I was supposed to do. 
now I'm going to bust it <laughs> and we're going to try something else. And how can, what I love to do is help foster that possibility thinking in others so that the way we've done it, if it's still the best way to do it, fine. And what if we thought about it a different way? What else might be possible if we approached it a slightly different way? What if we said to people, your job title isn't going to limit what you can bring to what we're trying to build together? And what if we went ahead and we tried something and it didn't work? What do we learn from it? And then how do we take that learning and apply it to something else that's possible? So that's kind of the art and the science of what's possible. I do believe that one of the things that I shifted for myself in, it was January 1st of 2018, was that I decided if it scares me and it's not life-threatening, I'm going to say yes, because there was something for me to learn. I had my best years starting in 2018. I mean, Inception U came about, we had our first cohort, September 2018. And it's the same kind of thing with the art of the possible. We have to pay attention to things like fear, be that as an individual, be that as a company, because there is something, fear serves a function. It's not there for no reason. And again, if it's not life-threatening, if you're not in physical peril, then challenge that fear and then see, because there's probably something that's possible if you push through that and you go to it because there's just something for you to learn. And if you push through and you learn that, then there's limitless where you can go with it. That's awesome. Not that we haven't already had some amazing pearls of wisdom from you already, but if somebody is sitting there and they're not quite sure they're in the right job or they're not quite sure that they're happy, mm. what advice would you give them if you could give them just a couple little tidbits in an elevator and then you may never see them yeah. again? What would you What would you tell them to do? I would tell them, and this is much the, it's the approach that we take in career as well, is I would tell them, sit down and I want you to think about accomplishments in your life. And that is simply something that you are proud of, whether or not anyone else in the world thinks it's a big deal. What's an achievement you've had? Think about as many of them as you can, and then try and take yourself through. And whether you do it in conversation with a friend, whether you do it by writing it down, capture it in some way that's meaningful, what was involved, step by step, try and relive what that experience was. And then see, are there any common threads you can see across a few of these different accomplishments? Ask other people in your life, what are accomplishments that you've seen that I have? You might get feedback that will really surprise you because others will often see in you things you may not be able to see within yourself because it's easy for you. It's, oh, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's not valuable. And it's okay to follow what comes easily to you because it's likely going to be meaningful, engaging, and you're going to deliver fantastic value for others. Um, so that would be where I tell someone to start is look at things that you're proud of and ask for, ask for others for input of what have you seen that I've done in my life that you would consider an achievement and see what you get back. Perfect. I love that. Okay, so just we're going to put this stuff in the show notes, but if they want to look into your open to possibilities, and I'm assuming if um, if I had a company and I wanted to bring your your yeah. creative mindset into my company to help all my employees, I would be going to open mm -hmm. to possibilities.ca and con contacting you, correct? Correct. And then if I yeah. was interested in, say, pivoting my career or maybe I'm a company and I'm looking at having a new education program put together or something, then I would definitely want to contact yep. uh, Inception U 
and we'll have both those links. Is there anything else you'd love to share before we uh, polish this off? I would love to share that if people, and especially if there are organizations that are seeing needs that aren't being met, reach out to us. We're constantly having sensors and feelers out there to say, to see what, what can we bring and what can we collaborate with others to bring that's going to meet a need that we've got? Because there's no single solution to some of the challenges we face. There's no one way to learn. There's no one approach to a company being successful. And so if you're hearing and seeing things, let's have a conversation because we'd love to have it with you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Margo, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, a long future of working with you and the rest of your team. It's been absolutely a blast and and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. So thank you so much for that. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for being part of our team. We're really lucky to have you too. (laughs) Okay. Have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage, inspire, educate together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.